0: welcome. This is our first podcast we're going to call it something kind of that happened happenstance uh, with a friend in a bar last night but I thought it was a wonderful name and it actually fits us quite well. Surprise multiplayer. Uh, two geeks that figured out that their life it, it's better when you play with others. So with that I'm Jeremy Rossi. I'm going to be one of the hosts and this is John Ballone. John Ballone, take it away.
1: Yep. Uh, today during the podcast, we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, you know, most of the time we, we 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 start on a topic and then we'll kind of go down onto a few different side tangents. You'll hear some uh, <laughs> some interesting stories about uh, premium consumer brands and just how uh, you know, in order to even call yourself that, you need to you need to have a really good RMA process. You know, I talked a little bit about uh, say light politics and uh, uh, kind of just just eventually how uh how politicians need to you know pass the torch to the next set of uh unfortunate individuals and then we have a few other topics that we're that that, that we'll go through and and you'll uh you'll, you'll get an opportunity to to hear us uh, uh well talk to each other
0: yeah and i think it's going to be very conversational very fun i mean this is our first podcast we're kind of stitching it together we're having fun with it but you're going to hear created guest speakers we have some wonderful ideas i think around mentoring leadership um horrible horrible and how ai world is really awesome and unbelievably boring at the same time because yay llms um me bitching about security i mean that's my my pastime
1: yeah who who you hear you're hear complaining and bitching about security all day long i mean you probably want to hear what the security professionals complain and bitch about yes but the
0: most of the security professionals look at me and go he's really not one of us i'm <laughs> oh. surprised <laughs> player one entered the game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're also going to have fun with video games sim racing and basically anything else we come across that we want to do um yeah, if it's fun, it's part of life, it's part of our careers, we're going to talk about it.
1: Yeah, and I think something, you know, both, you know, Jeremy, you and I for years now have ha- have focused, you know, uh, giving advice to others. And I think that's a big part of uh, this, uh, you know, this podcast is having uh, segments that uh, not only I think uh, other people would love to hear and hear how... Uh, people like ourselves who are in industry would give advice to uh, folks now coming in. And I think it, you know, for me, if I had something like that when I'm starting up, it'd definitely be something I'd be interested in listening to.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think the more mentoring that goes on, the more fun it is. Um, It's one of the things I take the most joy in my career. I I get to do it outside of that now.
1: Yeah, uh, well, not do it outside of that, but what I'm looking forward to, you know, I think uh, being a little bit further along in my career now, uh, not simply giving technical mentorship, but also mentorship at a at a corporate you know corporate level. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you can really all. mess up somebody's lives in a whole new way. <laughs> well, hey, it's 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 called advice for a reason. You don't need to take it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that that's the intro. We're going to hand you off. We're going to play some music here, and we'll kind of transition to the segment soon. Thanks to everybody, and plus we'll hear from us more.
1: Figure it. interview style back and forth. I mean, I don't know. This this is always a hard thing. I don't like talking about myself. Good. And I prefer people to talk to me for me to end up getting into talking about myself. I don't so, John, before I met you, where would you go to school? Uh, I went. Where did I go? I went to NJIT. You know, New Good. Jersey Institute of Technology. Where that lead you? Why'd you end up there? How how'd that go about? Yeah, this is awkward. <laughs> That came about, no, no, it is, but that came about, you know, uh, I grew up in uh, grew up in South Jersey, went to a uh, community college, and then went to state school. Uh, I kind of had two choices. Do I want to do Rutgers, or do I want to go to NJIT? NGID had the better computer science program, so, you know, uh, it was an easy decision. It worked out well. I, I know where you are now, because,
0: I mean, I, I want to juxtapose that, and I was going to ask you, where. what are you doing now? Not not the company. We, we've agreed not, we're not going to talk yeah. about the companies we're at. But what do you do now?
1: I—that's a hard—that's a hard answer. I manage large, uh, uh, large teams of people working on technology problems. It's probably the easiest way to to put it. But uh, you know, I, I kind of—I have—I have teams that manage infrastructure, and that, that those are—that's the plumbing that runs our financial, some of our financial services, healthcare, and all the fun industries. Most of my time spent talking about emerging technologies, uh, how to leverage things like. AI, ML, artificial intelligence, how to build the tools that will allow developers to build products uh, for people to use.
0: So there's a really interesting story between those two points we just discussed. And yeah. I, there's and, a lot of interesting stories. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the work. Like, tell me as a person, who is the most influential person on that path for you? And like, how did that person affect that? I don't need the name, but I'm looking for the person. Like, if you were to look back, they like, this person shaped me more than I probably would have liked to admit 10 years ago. But now I know they were influential. And then what, how'd, the, how'd that lead to who you are now?
1: That's a hard, that's a very hard one. And I think there, you know, I, there's a few people that come out uh, immediately uh, to mind, right? So uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to use names. I'll talk you know, talk about just who they were. Uh, I had someone that, uh, I, I worked with in college that, uh, ran the, um, uh, u- university newspaper. We were close friends for a while and, and that actually got me involved in, uh, running, uh, being the editor in chief of the newspaper and, and just kind of managing large groups of diverse individuals that are doing, um, you know, some of them might be doing, um, writing the actual articles. Some of them might be photographers. They might be actually recording audio at some sports events. Um, and then of course, yeah, it, it, it gave me the love for managing people and managing, you know, managing groups of people to get things done. That, that, that's a, for me, that's been fun. How was so, that? How did that person do that? You on know, the osmosis is the best oh. thing, uh, you know? Uh, I kind of, uh, I got involved in the newspaper. I met him and very quickly we, you know, uh, he taught me the ropes and we, we started hanging out and, um, but most importantly, uh, I kind of always been enjoying, uh, news and, and kind of the, uh, finding stories and just getting to the bottom of, I don't know, I don't call it gossip, but like facts is what I think of it as. And yeah, we, you know, we, we've lost touch with each other. Um, but we, we worked together for a long time, uh, with, through the newspaper and even through some, uh, things after college. The second person, uh, is actually, was actually my first, I would say manager at, uh, you know, a company where I kind of first place I landed a full-time job out of college. And he was someone who had, um worked in trading. He, um, he was pretty successful at what he did. Successful enough where he was able to retire in his 50s, you know, late 40s, early 50s. He retired, went to, uh, I think, Singapore and was living there. Uh, and then he got kind of brought back in and started building a, you know, a prop trading firm inside of a bank. And they they kind of hired me as an intern just to uh, kind of fix a few things, uh, run some, you know, Linux servers, because they, they, were, they were more, you know, on algorithmic trading end, less on the computer end. And it turned into me leading a small team of developers to build analytical software for like a a huge firm that this guy built. And that was my, I went from a summer internship at NJIT to like my first employer. (laughs) That's that person put a lot of faith in you.
0: Yeah and and that putting that lot of faith what did you do and like did you did you it caused you to step up because of that faith did he, that did he put high expectations and you stepped into them or was one of those people who was like the high expectations were just everywhere but more importantly he gave me the leadership and space to mentor me to spend the time with me or a little bit of all the above
1: yeah you know i think it's always in, in, in you know all every it's going to always be a little of the above but i think the things that the things that uh, come out to me at once are: we met at one of these typical recruiting uh, fairs that you would go to in college, where you you walk around, you talk to some people, maybe they give you some programming quizzes. And I've been to these in my career, actually. On the other side, you know, interviewing everyone, I'm Jeremy, I know you have as well. Um, and yeah, we we kind of clicked immediately. We started talking about a lot of uh, different things specific to my interests at the time, which were um, I was working in. Uh, Wi-Fi geolocation, uh, which is a whole separate conversation about <laughs> research I can get into. But uh, but it turned into, a, hey, do, do you want to actually make money? Which my bill is like, yeah, you know, I actually do want to make money. I don't just want to, you know, do research. And that kind of dropped me in the world of finance. <laughs> Even though I worked and went to college near New York, that was the really the first place that dropped me in the world of finance. And I started learning about derivatives and all the, interesting things that they were trading. And then he kind of just said, okay, well, uh, help, help us with these link servers as an intern check. I can do that. And then if you want to do, if you can help us write some software, maybe we can, we can get you a, you know, a part-time and a full-time gig. And I actually had a full-time job with this firm, uh, before I graduated with my undergrad. I was working there for like a year before. Wow. I was finishing my undergrad.
0: <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a fun and it was a really fun time because uh, you learn so much and I think uh, get into a, uh, di- a totally different topic on this but uh, I learned so much being in that environment physically uh, learning and I don't know how I could do that today working from home or, or working with teams that have uh, distributed associates. I want to
0: put a pin on that topic so I want yeah. to come back to because I think that but I want to ask you a really question that I don't think you're going to want to answer. Uh um, if you evaluate where you are in your career, are you a better management manager now than you this person you you basically that hired you as an intern?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um Why? I'm a better manager because I've learned much more in team leadership, organization management, transformation than he was exposed to. Um, He was a, this, this individual was building, he was a, he was a forward admiral in in the group building a team. You know, he was, if you go, if you do the, he was the Amanda Waller in the suicide squad, right? Right. (laughs) And the, and I'm not Amanda Waller. I'm the, I'm the bureaucrat in the back now assembling like the, the people that, you know, her, that's the front person. Okay. Yeah. I, it just, the
0: reason why is I'm always personally interested in that trajectory of people as they grow and more particularly the people that influence them as they get better than them, why they, why they're better. What led to that? Was it uh, just the experience? Was it just who you are? Was it different people at different places? So, I mean, I know some of your career history. Was it, you said the transformation, the, The changing larger organizations, while it seems like this person was very focused on building something very new and very tight and being that forward animal, he's like, I will take that hill. Well, it sounds like you're turned into a person that's going, we don't know what hill to take, but we got to take 16 of them to get to our destination.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, we don't know what hill to take, but also, um, you know, uh, there was a team that took a whole bunch of hills before and they need to, they need to get back into fighting shape. And it's just a different experience that I've had in the last you know fifteen or so years of my career, um, compared to when I was that person and le- And he was, you know, I, I haven't talked to him in so many years. But but where he was, because uh, he, he he, I'm sure he did it enough that he could. He's probably still in Singapore now, relaxing. Good for him. It's awesome. What do you do now in your role to
0: provide people and services that you work with? the same kind of leadership mentorship that you do and how, and I'm not asking like what you do
1: per person, but how do you think about that? I try to cater that relationship with people that I work with in that mentorship relationship with based on what that individual needs. And it's very different. You know, I'll give you a few different examples of people. Um, You know, I have people who are um, further along in their careers and and they need um they need something different right they, they've been in the role that they've been in for a long time and they're and they're they want a new challenge and um the hard part with uh some that that type of person in particular is they're they're probably more experienced than i am in a lot of what they're doing and the, on the ground leadership um and i now uh, i'm very good at assembling teams and finding use uh, for people, you know, across different, uh, types of the, or- uh, parts of the organization. And it's hard to, um, get people to understand that they, you know, they might be better in a different role and more happier in a different role because no one ever really ever thinks about that. They're, they're worried about their current job, their current responsibilities and growth is for individual growth in one organization. It's getting a lot more difficult to do that. I mean, I I spend my time
0: in that world trying to, re, trying to remove options for people, not necessarily find new ones because they have an infinite number of things and right. I want to give them exposure. And I spend a lot of time trying to get them experience of going, trying things out. And my favorite thing is they go, I will never do that ever again. And I go, great. That entire thing is no longer an option. Let's go find something else. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting that how you talk about the leadership aspects, but let's, what about you as a, what's the home life? I know you like, I know you got a dog, so I'm going to bear it with a dog conversation.
1: I could, uh, yeah, I could talk about my dog and the things that my dog does and, and, and things that continue to frustrate me. But yeah, I mean, uh, married, have two kids. Uh, one kid just is about to go into kindergarten and that's the real exciting thing in my house right now. We just did the first, um. Back to school sales special <laughs> going and getting the notebooks and the pencils and all those fun things. And then I have a, a almost 18 month old. He's, uh, he just started walking. So now he's, now we're doing all the child proofing in the house that, um, we forgot we needed. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, personally learning, um, uh, how to, I don't know, it, 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 I guess I didn't realize it was going to be that much different between the children. Like, you know, you have two children and you've told me this before, but like I had, I had my first kid and I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm a good father and I'm doing everything right. And I'm, I'm, I'm nailing it. And you know, when you, when you know, when in your job and you get like that, you get cocky and yes. you start to chew off more cause you're, you want, you want to do something else. And and you want to keep yourself interested, and you and I are the same way, like we'll do different things and it, it, it isn't even always in our job description
0: <laughs> very, very rarely
1: yeah just... and the same thing when I'm having a kid, and then you know we had the second one, and uh and now I'm like, what was wrong with me like what like, how was I ever in that cocky position and, and and you know uh now my kid is uh he is like destroying. Uh, just, he's a lot different than my daughter. He's uh he, um, he likes to see things. He likes to see how, see how things break and likes to see how to put things back together, but he doesn't really care if they actually go back together. <laughs> that takes time. There's always, pep- <laughs> like there's parts left over for a lot of years. I mean, that's probably the core of why everyone's like, meh. If you know, there's an extra bolt or, or washer or something, when you put together a piece of furniture.
0: I, I've been in that same place with the kids. Mine are a little older. um but i I, I use the uh, it's an exponential growth in effort with kids. One kid is one, two kids is two, three kids is four, f- four kids has to be eight. That's my only summarization because the amount of time that takes to be involved and and be there. um but yeah, one to two was drastically
1: it it was a lot. And you know, I think uh, I think if the age difference wasn't quite as much, it would be a little different but uh i think it's a lot easier cuz my daughter's older um she she helps us out a lot and sometimes she doesn't but what's the age difference uh she's 5 in a few months and my son's 18 months okay yeah. so there's enough time she she understands what's going on yeah she understands what's going on um and my
0: my kids were only 18 months so yeah well i mean well there's one, a different benefit
1: yeah but i i think that you i feel like you're uh you optimized uh for you learned something and then you perfected it almost immediately it was like the next kid came in through the same cycle
0: yeah but uh uh, now that we're at the ages of 13 and 11 they are drastically different they are nothing alike and everything at this point in time that prepared us is way different yeah Um, you
1: you probably optimized near the, the the beginning of that algorithm or that yes. data set
0: <laughs> we we succeeded in only really two things they both love skiing because they didn't have a choice well um,
1: you know isn't that great when you, you know your children just happen to like what you like or happen to like you know uh, something that lets you mm-hmm. relax
0: or something that you make them do 50 weekends uh, 50 days a year every yeah. all the time
1: kind of yeah. forces it on it, them
0: it, then.
1: i love your parenting style sir uh, <laughs> no it it really jives with me so uh you know i and you know we can keep doing it this way but why don't you tell me about uh what you've been doing for the last uh few months you know because you and i we we talk on the side and uh obviously and we have um you know uh, so many interesting conversations that i i think it's like i'm talking sometimes to two or three different people
0: (laughs) yeah i'm uh, so I'm in between roles. So that's pretty clear. So I, I got as th- that means I have a lot of time to read and be really annoying to my wife. Um, I think she will murder me very soon, but that's a whole different ballgame. Um, with that, I spend most of my time thinking, um, and that's reading, thinking and playing with different things. So programming politics, p- philosophy, um. But I probably average around eight hours thinking and reading a day right now um, outside of doing the normal responsibilities. So I, like I like when you ask me that question, my going in is like, I just want to talk about the general things. But the things I've been focusing on is a lot of uh, philosophy and a lot of Charlie Munger basic um, uh, thinking of how to do businesses and how to run them, how to be very boring, how to make them very efficient in... Don't do stupid and just be a smart person. Don't do the stupid thing. Um, and that kind of stuff. So that's where I've been focusing recently. And then playing with every idea that comes in front of me and spending hours on them. So like somebody will come up to me. and We talked about this and go, um, we talked about Twitter. And I'm like, Twitter can be run on a single server. <laughs> and I'm like, I map up the memory. I'm like, no, you can you can fit this whole server. It won't be fast, it won't be perfectly efficient, but I can get all tweets for 24 hours if the number's published rights in a single 4-terabit server. Um, why does, like, Elon's not wrong? He's just wrong in how he handles everything. That's a whole different issue. Um, so yeah, that's that's just me right now. It's unbo- un- unbounded ability to think about problems in time right now, but without a lot of focus and direction on what I'm doing to accomplish, with the, where those are going. Like There's no external force saying, do this
1: right, or, or you know, you, you don't have an entity guiding that, but just your <laughs> will,
0: <laughs> yes. And um, I need that, I really do need that. That's a different, like, I my best performance will be to proving somebody wrong, saying something can't be done. Um, somebody be like, oh no, that can't be done. I'm like, uh, vi and a c in a GCC, and we're going to have a
1: whole different conversation about four hours, right. And, 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 you know, the, I've seen you do that many times <laughs> and, and I think, I think there are people who, who are just so tuned to not think about diff- how to do things differently or do things more efficient and, or cut the red tape. Well, I mean, we were at the same place when, uh,
0: one of my boss, which is a good friend of ours. Um, taught me don't do dumb rules. And it's something that I've taken and I've tried to teach it to my family and try to teach it to my kids is dumb rules are stupid. Don't do them. Um, when people are like, it, it, it just, it doesn't matter. It's not important if you, but you gotta be right. You can't be wrong in this. Like if you say that you, if you think uh, insider trading is a dumb rule and you can break it, you're wrong. <laughs> if you think that the HR rule about how you send an email to your boss that is completely professional was inappropriate and they're like no you can't do that like this no that's a dumb rule i'm going to do it anyway because i'm talking to
1: my boss right right Uh, have an awareness of the rules that you're dumb rules that you're trying to break and just be right (laughs) always be you have to be if you're not right you yeah um so so i do have a little ego if you can't tell just a little, just a little. It's all right though. The, some of the, some of the craziest people, best people I met have more than a little bit of an ego. Um, what, uh, you've also been working on yourself a lot, specifically doing a lot more, you know, rock climbing and, and things like that. Uh, How did you get into that? Well, that goes way back. So when I was
0: 14, I had a fear of heights. So. don't know why I decided I wanted to go do something with that. So I started learning how to rock climb. And in Charlotte, North Carolina, I learned indoor rock climbing, started doing some indoor competitions, moved to Phoenix, Arizona with my father and did some bouldering out there, but kind of lost it, but never really. It's one of those things I just would five, every five years would kind of go to the gym again and, and pick up. And it, I never lost the motions or the movements, um, but I lost the physical ability. And so I, my daughter needed something to do after school and the new gym opened up by by and i'm like nope if you're not going to pick something i'm going to pick it for you so she didn't pick any activities or anything like sports wise so she has to go to the gym with me um we have to go to the rock gym i pick it and she enjoys it she doesn't enjoy as much as me but yeah so i started switching to we have to she has to do something every single week uh three times a week so that means and i She her first statement was but you don't. And then we hit my Jeremy's like, oh, but I can. Uh, but I can. And <laughs> you know what? I should. And it's not, she's, she's completely right. And so now it's every single day I'm either running or I'm going to the rock gym. Um, except so far I've missed three days.
1: Uh, and today was one of them. Uh, yesterday I actually, I, I had a Peloton that just never it wasn't for us. It wasn't something I should have you know, pandemic purchased that I should just have waited on. Uh just sold that thing on uh Craigslist and I'm and I'm getting a membership to a rock gym tomorrow. Nice. Welcome. Yes. Uh, yeah, it uh uh I missed it from several years ago. Uh, my experiences with that have been nowhere near as interesting as yours, but uh being able to just solve problems physically. Um, is so much better and so much more interesting to me than, um, lifting weights. <laughs> I can't do the lifting weights. I use, I have to like,
0: much like you, I have to be thinking in order to be there. So I can't run without listening to a podcast or an audio book. Um, but I can't listen to a podcast and audio book while climbing because it takes the mental focus along with the
1: physical. Are you able to listen to music?
0: Um, generally not. Um, I will sometimes put on classical music if I'm there in the middle of the day and they're blasting something I don't like music wise with noise cancel just to kind of drown it down. Um, but generally no, it's about like, I don't hear much once I'm actually starting to think about a problem.
1: Yeah. I don't, I'm, I've never gotten that much focus while at the climbing gym. Um, although I do have to say, I think what you just said was that the, uh, iPod cancel mode is really good. Yes. And, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I have done that a few times and I think, you
0: uh, need audio for it to work.
1: Yes. Agreed. And, uh, I generally did my own music, uh, but I agree. I could never listen to a podcast, uh, because you just, you end up at that point, half-assing your, your workout, right. Um, not actually thinking about the problem and pushing yourself to do, do, you know, the best yeah. um i will say
0: i have so when i take my daughter she likes to do what she call. we have a dog named diesel um diesel's a little boxer he's a 80 pound boxer uh lots of energy and 19 months old so when she wants to t- like end her rock climbing session she does her diesel runs which is going up and down up and down up and down wow, fast, real fast as fast as she can and just to destroy yourself um she does started doing that. So I started doing that. Music helps with that one. Music, because you're pacing, because you're in that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. It could be Christina Aguilera. It could be whatever's playing on the music. I hear the beat and you start falling into sync, syncopation with the beat.
1: You know, I actually get in and I'm not going to, it's going to sound crazy going right from working out hard to sim racing, which mm-hmm. we both do. But uh for me that that's kinda a lot like when I'm getting into a groove of actually, you know, racing or doing a time trial, um, getting in the beat, under and just getting in the zone. And I think, you know, phys- doing that physically, uh, up and down is it a bouldering wall or are you just doing like so they, We
0: I, I prefer Copper bouldering and, uh but they have auto belays now, which is relatively and those auto belays make it really easy. <laughs>
1: they have- I don't know. I, I, I've never used one of those. And for some reason, for me, the audible AI, I don't trust it, but it's probably cause I just haven't used it. Well, go read the statistics. Audubilets are better than a bull person on a greek <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, it's probably because I, I, I don't really, I've never done a lot of top rope. It was always bouldering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gyms out here in Washington DC are very, uh, are much more geared towards that type of, uh, workout. Um, But yeah, I'll look into the auto belays and uh, (laughs) see how it goes. It it would definitely make me do top rope.
0: Oh, but the problem solving isn't the same because it's an- Spread out more. Right. Because you're not so focused on the the crux problem, you might get to the crux problem halfway up and you're already tired. So you have to kind of, it's just a very different thing to do. Um, When I grew up, I did a lot more outdoor climbing and i did a 700 fish foot multi-pitch and that is just in that is just management of your strength and your ability to think clearly uh eight hours into the climb
1: yeah because you can't it's not like you could just like drop on the crash mat and take a take a break but I, mean, I mean you could i mean you're up there you're in a harness and you guys are going yeah. up
0: and then you're laddering up and everybody's going up and but not but it's, it's, I was also 16, so it was dumb and endless bounds of energy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very, very different thing. It was never, there was no problem that was ever harder than something you probably did on Boulder at any point in time, but you did 45 of them. It's an endurance. And over, Yeah. It's a yeah. marathon.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the same thing can be said for almost anything you, you do in a, either a workout or physical activity, right? There's much difference to than doing something for quick, uh, stints versus the endurance. Like, uh, I don't think I could do an eight hour climb. Uh, you know, I, I don't have them. I'm you can physically you can do phone. it much
0: faster than that, but this was very early. This was 17 yeah. with, uh, so with my, one of my coaches. And I mean, it was, we, we, we took our sweet butt time. Um, we could get on much faster, but it was beautiful. It I was imagine. awesome. Yeah, I couldn't find
1: Okay. So, uh, something that I am, <laughs> I wanted to talk about, uh, and you, you know a little bit about this, but I'm going to kind of give the backstory. Um, uh, I've recently been getting going into the the crazy world of sim racing and uh, started off with purchase, well, actually started off dinner with you at the beginning of the year. It's all my fault. Your wife Yeah, well, <laughs> she might. Uh she, she she has another mutual friend that she thought was to blame. And then uh and then I was like, no, no, it's a different one. I have more than one friend. Um
0: uh, <laughs> there's a story there that we need to pull out at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to that.
1: No. Uh yeah. So uh started out at dinner with uh you and a few other friends, uh at someone's house. You know, we do these kind of uh uh barbecues or, or dinners with friends type thing and we started playing some gran turismo and i hadn't played gran turismo in probably 12 to 13 or 14 years playstation 2 uh racing game you know need for speed as well and i just i it didn't click with me i didn't really like it <laughs> this was much different so i actually have a wheel in front of me uh a brake that is was you know not just a you know, small little sensor and a controller but i actually have to apply pressure strategy can be applied to racing yes. instead of just riding a wall and, you know, zooming around the track to, to be number one. Anyway. So I bought this Logitech. This was in February. This Logitech, uh, I actually think you ordered it at that party. You're right. You're right. It was like, we were there that night and I think I sat down in this beautiful, uh, and I'm still trying to find it Uh, seat that, you know, you, you, who puts that in a basement, but it was amazing seat. And I'm not going to go down that road, but I ordered it that night. It got delivered the next week and I immediately bought Gran Turismo and started racing and loved it. Um, It's a great
0: way to, it's a good mixture of SIM and not SIM so that you can go downstairs and spend four hours or 40 minutes and feel like you had fun. And then yeah. walk away and not have the mental load of thinking about it, like so. Like a lot of those games that I had to like uh, Cyberpunk, I was thinking about them problems after I was done with the game. Like, what do I do next? What about this? Well, but with Sim, I never had. I knew it was it will all be there tomorrow. There's nothing will change. It will be there tomorrow.
1: It's so true, and and you know, for me, it's also about um, the mic, the incremental improvement aspect, like time trials or. If you're, if you're basically racing in small races, you're, you're getting better and you see yourself getting better and you now understand, um, that, you know, uh, you're 90,000th in the world at that track, which is pretty sweet. Um, but, uh, I started with kind of off the shelf PlayStation controller very quickly was like, this thing isn't as great as it could be. (laughs) And went down.
0: Wait, wait, let me, wait, wait. I'm cha-ching,
1: cha-ching, (laughs) cha-ching. Well. That was also around the point where, you know, Uncle Sam, like everyone every year, gets a return. Like, oh, I got some, a little bit of cash flush here. I I could spend a little bit on myself.
0: And, and somebody else might have purchased a racing rig right around that same time, was setting it up in their basement and sending out photos. I wonder, wonder who that was. <laughs> I think that was me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. I went down the road of buying so many different accessories and that's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is I spent a lot of money finding the right, um, wheel so that I, so that could be the most compatible with the games that I wanted to play. And that wheel was, uh, something that was discontinued literally a month after I, I was looking for or a month before I was looking for it and I bought it off eBay. And it, it worked perfectly fine. You can say the company's name. It's Fanatec yes. uh, PS4 DD1 wheel. Great product. I love the thing. It was perfect. Except, except when it broke.
0: <laughs>
1: now, let's, this is where, you know, I've had some pretty bad RMA stories. This one, this was pretty bad. But see, don't ever return anything except the loss. That's my horribly, horribly <laughs> um, inefficient too, throw money way. I get too angry and invest it in, in the things I purchase and it, and especially it, it's the same. I want it to be the same thing. I sent you that you send me back and But anyway, um, start by calling Fanatech after I do a driver upgrade because my wheel no longer has force feedback. The fans, uh, are running at a hundred percent and the temperature sensor in the diagnostic says zero Celsius. Therefore temperature is broken. I, I search online. Everyone says temperature sensor is broken. It's not your, uh, you know, your firmware upgrade, but, uh, you know, you can send it, uh, you could send it back to us and we can fix it. Okay, cool. Open up a support case. Now, mind you, at this point, Fanatech is their engineering company, their, their call center, their support team are out of Germany. Huh? Uh, hours wise, it doesn't quite work, but we'll get to that. I send an email to Fanatec. They send me one email back. And they, they basically, it's the end of their day as they're, cause they're getting through their queue. And I always send the email at the same time every day. And I basically get to the end of that queue at the end of their day. So the next time I send an email, which is only two hours later, it's the next day.
0: Oh, I yeah. know that feeling. And I know you've run call centers enough to know that yeah. exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Oh yeah.
1: And, and here's the thing, it gets worse. So, um, I agree to send this in. It's a, it's this, this device is about a thousand dollars. It's very expensive. Thousand US, very expensive. And I send it in, but mind you, I, there's no serial number on this device. There's nothing wait, wait. to indicate. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, Yeah. How is there not a serial number on a thousand dollars? They have a batch number. They have a batch number that you, that you think is a serial number, but it's actually like, uh, it's the, the tape out the, the you know, they taped right. all the different machinery. Yeah. It's that revision of it there's no serial number on this device what so these... they asked wait, wait, wait. me okay
0: how many how of could these you
1: devices... do that yeah how few devices do they have out there in the world that this is it, not they have a lot of these things out there this thing the fanatech's a huge company i mean revenue wise they're not like 10 15 billion but they're i think about 150 million in revenue a year like and- they're, they, they're, they should have some manufacturing jobs. Yes. Not this. Not this. And, and so there's no serial number on this device. So they're asking me, where do you buy this device? We, we're, we let you transfer warranties from one consumer to another. Good on them. Not everyone does. Um, and uh, we, but, you, but where did you buy it from? Because there's no serial number to track on this thing. It's like, okay. So like, I don't have the original sale. They can't tell me. When this thing was built. So now I don't know if I'm within the manufacturer warranty period. Um, so I send this back on my yeah, right? I send this back on my own dime, 100 dollars US to send it to their facility, and I told them it was wrong. Temperature sensor, here's the reason why, here's all the data. They agreed with me. I sent it back to their facility in California. This is the second fuck up. In California. Um, now think about what I just told you. They send me a message. I send them a message about an hour later, already past the end of the day. I'm in the back of the queue. Right. Their message now, when they send communication to California to talk to their support teams in a worse situation than me, because we're there so many hours behind us. So now I'm sending messages to them. I'm waiting a day. They're sending a message to California. I'm waiting another day. And then that whole chain's coming back to get an answer. And you're going nuts. And I'm going ballistic because this is a thousand dollar device. And uh Fanatech, you got me hooked on that sim racing crack because um <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going nuts. I'm going crazy here. I'm 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 getting pretty angry, but I like this this game so much. I bought another freaking cheap device from Fanatech uh t- to use while um this thing's getting fixed. It's the cheapest one I could find. It works. So wait, so wait, wait. So the company you're
0: angry at I know. Right, doesn't understand how to manufacture infrastructure, doesn't have serial numbers. I know it's based out of Germany, mm. and literally you have mapped out their internal structure to know how bad it is for dealing with support. But you like it so much, you bought another one.
1: Some cost fallacy, my friend. I have a whole bunch of accessories. I spent a lot of money on that are proprietary uh, communication hub, Fanatec. And uh, I, I want to use it. So I, I understand, but I know you understand
0: I know. the incentives are aligned for them.
1: I understand. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. So I'm angry at these people now, but like, I want to play this fucking game. Baby. And, and, uh, anyway, so I, I finally hear back from their facility, uh, in California through my German, uh, counterpart, uh, and, uh, they don't do any soldering on devices because they're not equipped for that. So they can't fix my device. And the option they're going to give me is to uh have me pay my money to send it back to me. That's first option. Second option is uh they can just trash it because you know it's useless to me, which to me is they're going to put it in a bin fix it and go resell the fucking thing, which really pisses me off and they refuse to tell give me a letter that says they will not do that. Of course not, because and I am in that company, that's what I would do. The last one is that, um, is that I can buy a device at 70% retail that they don't sell anymore, which is what I would have fucking done in the first place if you would have fucking sold it on the website. But, but remember how you're talking about that bin of things that they're going to fix? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it's another refurbished fucking device that they want me to buy for $900 again but they'll give me a three-year warranty that they have no fucking way to track <laughs> so
0: i have more questions about this three-year warranty so what you're saying is is you have become the universal repair warranty for all fanatech DD, whatever one forever so if anybody needs their device fixed they call up you and then you just ship in and get a new device because they yeah, can't track it yeah, yeah,
1: yeah i mean if i want to yeah sure
0: I'm just saying, they
1: literally have left that open. They have. They don't have a serial number. It, it's crazy to me. Like, how do you have a premium consumer device that literally people are throwing thousands of dollars? I did it. Throwing thousands of dollars to play, to play and you don't even have a fucking serial number? There's no fucking barcode on it, Jeremy. I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a complete loss. And you want to know what the best part is? The cheap, the cheaper one, which I told you this, that I bought, if I hadn't bought the other one, I would have been completely fine with the cheaper one. I should have just bought the cheaper one in the first place. (laughs) That one, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought I told you that. That one, uh, doesn't have a serial number either. So never learned. That's impressive. It, now, it, I, now
0: I'm going to go look for this problem space and other things and how many other things don't have, a, like, I, I understand my anchor charger doesn't have a freaking serial number. Sure. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to call in for that. Um, but my, I, these do. Yeah. Those I do. Mean, Pretty sure. Yeah.
1: Like your, your graphics card has oh, a serial number yeah. on there. We can talk about graphics cards at some point. In time that's, because- that's less, that, that is less expensive than my Fanatec DD1 Podium.
0: It's in
1: there. I'm. Yeah. And, and it's, how do you run a warranty? And and what surprised me the most about this company, like, again, I love their products when they work. um, But this company is an EU company. The EU is supposed to be good about this. Consumer brands and, and, you know, all that fun shit. Like, you know, this is, it surprised me. Yeah, like I'm now. I have. Let me finish the story. Oh, the, sorry. the quote. The quote's about nine hundred bucks, taxes, shipping, everything. Get this thing fixed. I'm not going to pay it. I'm pissed off because I already sunk, you know, twelve hundred bucks into this thing to buy it off, you know, eBay, and now it's like another nine hundred bucks for what? Fuck it. I'm going to write it off. Um, but um, it pisses me off that they're just going to put it in a fucking bin and resell it to some poor other schmuck for you know when they they could just manufacture the fucking thing again. Anyway, well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you. Why don't you have them ship it back?
0: You already got some money. Fucking well, let's do, let's, let's try to solder in a new one.
1: It's, yeah. It's, okay. It's, I mean, a, I, why not? I, 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 I think we have a few friends that would really yeah, enjoy that. There's a teardown video of this actually. That is, I actually watched it's a 48 or 50 minute teardown video by someone on uh, Boosted Media, um, out of uh, Australia. And uh, the temperature sensor. Th- this motor is actually pretty freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, You know the construction of this, like the engineering that went into this, props. Like, um, yeah. So I get why it's hard. Um, But shit, I would love to replace it myself and fix it. So yeah, I'll call them and I'll tell them. You know, I have 14 days to accept the quote, or I don't know. What do they do? For my th- thing, Ben. <laughs>
0: like, I, I I think it would be like I I send it back i will try to replace it because i'll yeah. order the parts online to, and then i will create a youtube video saying if you're not good don't send it back to fanatech it's not worth the nine hundred yeah, dollars here we'll fix it for you yeah. <laughs> i'm not doing that for a living i can't do that
1: no i, I just you, want to you know, we have Fanatec some friends now. we have some friends that they would for them like that's that's their sim racing right Is fixing gadgets like that yes. um but yeah that's not me but anyway to kind of close this part out Consumer brands, these consumer brands that act like they're a premium product, you know, what I mean by that is like Apple's a premium product, right? Like it's the yes. experience, it's the support you get, and it is expected to to have a life uh, at least as, you know, twice as long as most of the competitors, I would say. A useful life. I wish I
0: could agree. I don't think it is that anymore. I think that uh, a premium product is an image they're selling. And it has to meet a, a bar. It's got to be better, but it doesn't have to be premium. Um, but it has to be an image they're selling. They're selling the sizzle, not the steak. I think Apple is that way. I think they make really good products. I think they're one of the better engineering organizations, but I don't think that's what they are the best. And I think there's people that can do better. I think Apple could do better. Um, but more importantly, I think they sell the sizzle. They sell the, the cachet of those luxury and fanatech though is a niche market. I don't think it needs to sell the luxury. It's selling an experience and with an experience with somebody, I don't get that kind of not knowing your customer aspects. So like, how could you not want to be able to be like, look my fans are dedicated they're going to come back to me and if i lose them they're going to fucking bitch for ages and
1: yeah that's the that's thing weird. the thing about fanatech and you know when, when when i was when i was first going down this this hobby you and i were both kind of researching at the same time um, yep. the, the companies and we both kind of said you know fanatech makes the most sense because i could have a single dev- set of devices that i could use on the playstation xbox and the pc Yep. right there and all the wheels that i buy are going to work with uh pretty much every wheelbase that forward compatible right? right which is awesome um so yeah i would agree there's a whole bunch of other now competitors that the only reason the only reason why fanatech is not had their lunch eaten is because of Those other companies have yet to get a PlayStation and Xbox chip license to be able to sell as an accessory. It's going to happen in the next year or two. It's not like there's an exclusivity. No, and you just
0: got to work with enough games that PlayStation is going to be uh, control their experience so that every user that uses their products is going to be happy and it's going to work universally and it's going to give some kind of consistency because PlayStation doesn't want. Inconsistent results. They want boring, consistent results. They'd they'd have a lower tier of products as long as it works for all their games and all their customers.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and you're right. And you know, know your know your, know your user base. Know that when they go through an RMA experience, they really they want to know that you have it. You got it. Have, have you seen the
0: the execu- the pictures of the executives on their website? Uh, I think well, I, I think you should go read right the about. Go, so go read the I've read, I know page. the one i yeah. wait till you see their photos. And then you'll tell me if you, this is in this line guy, with their expectations.
1: I'm probably going to be angry when I see this person, right? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. What is that? What is that guy wearing? Like, wh- okay. Let me ask you this. When, when would you in your professional life, at any point that you see you see yourself in the next, you know, the remainder of your professional life, when would you wear something like that? And like, wear would
0: you want? I don't care. It's just he's presenting a persona, and that persona, not Steve Jobs, it's, no, it's not Tim Cook. The guy on the it's right. Like, okay, it's, an, it's just a persona. <laughs> like it was. Like I said, I knew it was going to set you on fire, but I love. I love this. Behind the brand Fanatec
1: stands the Brain Factory of
0: Endor.
1: Well, they say Endor, and to me, the first thing I'm like, wait, wasn't Endor the Star Wars planet? it was a
0: planet in Star Wars. (laughs) How the fuck did they (laughs) go? It
1: was a fictional moon in the Star Wars (laughs) universe. So, yeah, I mean, okay. Um... Oh, no the, it's the,
0: actually that's the company It's indoor AG. it's a company in germany
1: oh the company that owns the brand fanatec yeah. right yeah yeah and here's the thing like i like their products they they're quality they're not the highest quality in in sim racing but they are the they are the most convenient for your for all experiences and it makes the most sense when you know you you know you're using it as a hobby
0: they they're the apple of the, sp- the space yeah well they yeah the, they're the premium right? product... They're not the best of the best, but they're a good product, yeah. and they have cachet, and they they have a licensing deal with Porsche, with uh, Super BMW, with all these BMW, and that goes really f- shows that they have that kind of brand recognition. Yeah. But not having a serial number to support your warranties is really weird.
1: <laughs> you you want to know something that is crazy, and I've never seen it ever, and I want to know if you've ever seen it. Their CR, th- sorry, their experience. Uh, from a customer perspective, right? So I log on to this site and I'm actually, we're going to try it out here. Uh, screen sharing. I don't know if it shares the whole screen. Let's see. No, nah, it ain't going to work. So, uh, so I'll talk you through it. You log on, you click my account, like you, any other website, and there's something on here that's called you know, my orders, which makes sense. My account, which makes sense. My quotations. What if you have a section on your website that you have to continually communicate to your customers, quotations for fixing your products, and it's separate from your support ticketing system? It's a separate system, completely separate. In fact, it's, it's, you use a support ticketing system like ServiceNow or something right. else that the whole industry uses. This is built into your main site. So it's
0: sure it's not that it's just showing up cuz it's badly configured cuz I've never seen a well configured service now in my entire no, career.
1: No, it's built into the site for but it's
0: not for like Micro Center to do bulk nope. orders and quotations.
1: I don't think so. I, you know, I really wish I could show you uh this, but here. Let me I uh, I could send you I could send you a photo so you can you, you can, can see it, live. it. It it it's giving me some kind of error and okay. You know, it's probably permissions in Apple which I could I could argue, I could go on and on about, you know, permissions in the macOS world. But so I log on to this customer site. And, you know, just like you would on eBay, and mind you, they also have a section on this here that's for my games. And you know, this I don't think they've ever sold a game. So maybe they bought something. So maybe you're right, maybe it is something. But quotations. And the only thing that they have in quotations are RMA requests and it's outside of the, the thing that I use to initiate the RMA and there's no linking just, number.
0: They outsource this. There's no way that this is what you said that, that they expect quotations from the customers. I guarantee you. No, 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 no,
1: that. no. The quotations here, the point that, that I'm trying to make is that the quotations here, they, they actually built it into their website because there's so many repairs. Oh, for their devices. It's a separate piece. It's a separate piece of functionality here. here You You can see it here. Like it's, it's, it's not
0: even. Oh, so that's the part that I wasn't clear. They quoted you to replace their. Oh yeah. I have to pay
1: them to get a refurb.
0: Right. And they have it in a quotation system. And this is so, it's so, it happens so often. It's built. That they
1: built it into the, into like. Yes, I didn't get that.
0: Yes, I don't know. I don't know if I. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna to disagree. I don't know if that's weird or not. I've never seen it before, but I don't think I log into many RMA sites because. Of but you, But my have you also r- never?
1: Have you also? I mean, when's the last time you saw that a product like this didn't have a serial number? <laughs> I told you that that floored me one hundred percent. I mean, come on!
0: Everything has a freaking serial. I know, right? So that's my, the end of that rant. There, I, I actually think there's something interesting with this space because they're a hundred million whatever size company. That's, that's big, but it's not ginormous. Um, the premium product's going to cost a lot to assemble. But I think there's a lot more room to probably improve that experience with not just the customer side, but in how that all get handled. I and mean, this comes back to the speed thing, giving the perception, presum- not, not just routing it back and forth, the presentation of speed, the presentation of we're on this goes really, really, really far. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Apple and how they are not a premium brand, but everybody thinks of them is. Um, but I, I I actually think Fanatec kind of is a premium brand because it's
1: just it's a premium brand in a small world. It's a premium brand in a small world. And, you know, If you look at the space, right? I don't, you know, I don't know how much you've looked at the space, but Logitech, which is a, it's a more consumer than Panatech, right? they are 800 pounds. Uh They sell billions. Which by by the way, I didn't realize they, they bought blue microphone. um, I did not know that. I logged in today actually to get audio drivers to make sure that uh, you could hear me as well as you could. And yeah, Logitech has at the top of the bar now. So they're eating everything. So, uh, Thrustmaster has a you know yep. they're they're right there with Logitech they're you know cost wise they they're a more expensive direct drive uh, Thrustmaster now. Oh, was that that's new? Yeah, that was uh the, yeah. the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah. And then Logitech released uh, a new another direct drive what they're calling Pro Series, and they priced it above Fanatec. Well, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, above Fanatech's. Above. Uh, Fanatec. Yeah. The 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 existing DD pro and, uh, and then you have a whole bunch of smaller companies that really cater to, um, much more PC builds for iRacing and so of course, uh, competitor uh, zone and like Asa tech and, um, uh, We're niche.
0: We're niche, in, but they are exacting, they are selling things at a loss or it just at profit. Cause they believe in it and they use it themselves. I don't
1: think so. I don't know. Really? I think they're actually making money. So Asatech, so look at the uh, Asetech, Asetek, A-S-E-T-E-K, Asatech Invicta pedals. You told me about those. These things are active, uh, you know, they'll give you like feedback active on the pedal. So it's not so, just like a vibration motor. It actually has like, ma- you know, magnets in it to actually shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that
0: everybody could see this because that's that That's some beautiful engineering too. It is,
1: isn't it? Like, and that pedal is like, what the hell is this? And this isn't even the most expensive pedal. So beautiful. I quite like this. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's the, uh, what I would say is their, their medium road, maybe, maybe like high end premium pedal. But then they have the, um, they have I, I, what so they call it. I never made it beyond attack. <laughs> I never got it. <laughs> so we, oh. See, I could talk about this a long time, but yeah, I think I'm a little worried because I feel like if I start dropping these in, you're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> oh,
0: no, no. Like pre-order this bundle. Oh, that's beautiful. But this, oh, it's but this beautiful. is all PC. This is, and and I will do PCs Actually, like, it is
1: not. There is a there is a uh, $80 device you can plug in that will make it work on uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Um, and
0: la, la 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 Yeah, la la, so la, la 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 I think it's important to di- I am I'm a, my entire house here is Macs. I don't have a PC within sight. Um it's not because I don't like PCs, it's that I don't want to deal with managing anything else besides one group of things i bought into the ecosystem my kids my family there is no choice
1: so uh i was the same way in fact um i don't have a computer but uh, it's not true for a long time I, I was the only person in my house that had a computer mm-hmm. and even my wife now you know does most of her on an ipad on a phone on her watch she has a work laptop but uh yeah uh but I went and I bought a Windows box just to be able to update my stupid software, uh, for Fanatec. and then I also started to play some other computer games that you know because I had a graphics card lying around and I couldn't a, resist. A, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. That was a that was a a subtle statement. A graphics
1: card. That's a long conversation, but uh, <laughs> yeah, one of several hundred. We, yeah, we need to bring more people. One of several hundred graphics cards that I used to build uh, oh. a cryptocurrency mine. Yes. Um, but yeah, I had a I had a old video card that I thought, again, I tried to RMA it, couldn't. It was outside the window, but it actually wasn't the video card. It ended up being the board that was a problem. So I could use it and it's working perfectly fine for me now. <laughs> oh. But you're right. Don't go into the, the deep of the PC world because at that point you do things like spend money on on a uh, on a transducer that sits on your the frame of your racing and starts to pound the the car based on the curbs and the gear shifting that you're doing
0: um the the gear the frame setup that had the slip a rear yeah. which would give you the perception when your back tires were about to slip so yeah. it would jitter left and right and then it would break free by slipping out when your back tires broke yeah. free by slipping three inches to the left or right at that point in time I closed my browser window and i bounced yeah. the fuck away because i spent 45 minutes researching how that gets hooked up and oh, i'm like nope oh, we're, we're going to the bad place
1: i have i already have like if i for some reason that I win like the, the Powerball million billion dollar prize. I know what I'm building. And that is the, it's that system. But the, the actuators I have on this thing, it, it actually has a way that it indicates when you slip and it's, it's pretty intuitive, you know, because you're really just wiring an action in your brain to something other than seeing it. Right. You want a feeling to indicate something in the game. That's a, that's another sense. Yeah. And hence
0: why I'm staying with Grand Fresno 7. It's walk in, improve, walk out. It doesn't matter. Because, but that world triggers so much of my. I want to win. I want to beat other people. I want to prove them wrong. But then I get to use my technical abilities to see if I can get an edge I I know. I can spend money and I can spend time and I can tune and I can out tune everybody because I'm not as good as them, but it doesn't matter. I I can do this. And that,
1: that's a very bad place for me in my wallet. For me, it's bad too, because I, I'm of the p- person that when I, when I go into something like this and in particular with sim racing, I, I started to see, the setups that I know that would be more comfortable for me to use and be more practical for me other than sitting on a couch, the the typical setup that people have sitting on a couch or a chair with, um, a wheelbase hooked up to a frame. Um, and, and in my head, I'm like, I, I know I'm going to like this. I'm just going to order this damn thing. And, <laughs> and that's where I'm at now. And, and I enjoy it. I go downstairs, like you said, uh, 15, 20 minutes, uh, I can get a race in, or I can just do some time trials and I can see my progress and I can get better. And you're right. Grand Turismo makes that a whole lot easier than if I were to have to do it in another web product. And cause I, I don't have the time to dedicate to, you know, I got kids. Maybe when I'm older, I'll be a, you know, uh, what is it? Senior pro-am, uh,
0: sim racer. So that's going to segue into this little side conversation. Both my kids were gone with camps for four days of overlap gone. And the dogs were, because we were, had to go see friends in New York, but gave the dogs to the code for overnight babysitter, dog sitter. Eight hours in our house when it was completely quiet with no dogs, no kids. No Just you. Just me and my wife. Just you and your wife. We, me and my wife, we're literally looking at each other like, why is it so fucking quiet?
1: When is it the last time that that's happened to? You? Both of us outside of vacation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something happened. So I have some, this, this actually happened to me today and it wasn't eight hours, but it was two, an hour or two hours. And I can't even tell you. My son went, my son goes to daycare. My daughter, we have a babysitter during the day. So certain days of the week. And my wife had to go into work today. So I dropped my son off, went and got a coffee, uh, and came back and finished my first round of meetings. And I, I go out. I do a quick walk around the block, usually. Just moving. And I realized, like, no one's in my house. My dog's here, but my dog just sleeps. Like, no one's in the house. I couldn't even tell you the last time that that's happened to me. That's weird. I didn't like it. I loved it. And you want to know why I loved it? Because I could clean, I could pick things up, and I could know that there's not someone right behind me destroying it. (laughs) So at least for a little bit of time in my day, my brain, my OCD, things are together, put together. Um, So I
0: do that. My wife calls it rage cleaning. She says it's the worst thing that ever happened. It's like I, it's build up, build up, build up, and then it will reach a arbitrary point with based on my mood and the amount of things out there, and it just everything has to be fixed full, at once. At, at once. Now, and that means my wife's clothes basket that's completely full, not put away, is a violation of me to me personally. And it just—it's
1: like in the world, yes. Like there, there, there are very few things in this universe that violate you.
0: But that it's was that?
1: that. And, it, and it's completely unreasonable. This is unreasonableness.
0: But the have put ten o'clock come ten o'clock at night. Dogs are walked, the house is immaculate, That all the counters are clean, all the mails put away. You feel great day. though. You do. And then forty-five minutes up. after you wake up,
1: and it's destroyed. It's horrible. And you're just like, What mm-hmm. happened in that forty-five minutes to my house that i spent so much time clean. cleaning and my wife has
0: the same thing she's like i she'll be like if i clean up she she, she cleans up like for meetings or something in the morning i'm not here i come back and it's clean she goes like why it's just going to be destroyed in 15 minutes and that kid's it's
1: just sometimes they do a I, good
0: job but it, they're never going to
1: do that well sometimes i'm just like so i mean listen this this gets to me wanting to get to a point where like, I need it. I, you know, I need structure. I need to be able to know that things are going to get done. And, and if they don't, like I have anxiety and yeah. um, At that point. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. Like that, that's, I think if, if I had looked at my anxiety, like throughout the week, things that make me anxious, things that just are in the back of my head that I can never, the house being in order. It just feels like something to me that's never going to end in my life for the next eighteen years.
0: <laughs> but here is an
1: interesting thought. so, when I was
0: twenty four, I didn't give a shit about any of that. But it's different. I know it is different. Not family kids. It didn't matter. No, no, I could endlessly stack dirty laundry everywhere when I was twenty four.
1: But that's different because because you control. You control when and how that gets fixed yourself and that that also means that you control when and how that that you know that you bend those rules for one reason or another you know you go an extra couple of days without doing your laundry or you uh you know you maybe you leave that questionable pizza out for two or three days on the stove and you're fine with eating it uh, no no so the refrigerator was cold storage
0: because <laughs> cold storage because garbage would stink if i didn't take it out often enough, yeah so right yeah Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yes. you
1: know the, the 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 only food in your house that's edible is the three day old cold pizza, not the stuff in your refrigerator. Yes. So yeah, and and like, but but people grow up. <laughs> yes, but it's so. But it's
0: still weird to me to think that I am now a person that rage cleans when it's breached some arbitrary mental number based on whatever, which unpredictable in every way. It is not predictable to my wife or me. Um, and she hates it.
1: It, Well, I'm sure my wife hates it too because I become a a fucking grouch. Yeah. I'm a asshole. Uh, I'm miserable. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, honestly, like I just, I, I do, I start cleaning. I don't really rage clean. Like it's, I do get to a point where I rage clean. And, but for me, I think that boiling point's a lot further than you. Because for me, when it's at the boiling point, for me, the boiling point is I'm about to call the, uh, the guy to bring the trash thing over that they use to demolish houses and throw shit in there, like it's that point to miss. Yes. So we remodeled our house, as you know,
0: and um, and with that, me and my wife both agreed less is more. Yeah. So the tchotchkes, the things have just been stripped away. Um, but we also have counters on, in the kitchen, and our counters are beautiful, white, blah, blah, blah. But I like them empty.
1: They're beautiful there's there's a reason that you you bought that that stone yeah you bought it because you want to look at it you bought it because you want it, it, it well you, you, you it's do. art it's, it's it's a piece of you know art your house you know is 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 you know it's built in a way for simplicity simple lines um very you know clean and it the whole design of your home is around things no clutter not and what happens
0: is kids leave everything and this is normal and it's just just yeah um but now how is your 5 year old at cleaning up after herself
1: certain days not bad honestly uh other days really <laughs> bad so you know i find uh i'm one of those parents uh, I had an old iPod sitting around, so she's got an iPod she can watch like uh, YouTube Kids and stuff like that on, which I can go into we can hours do an and hours. Whole yeah.
0: thing about kids and YouTube, but and we have couch. the
1: Apple Screen Time, which is amazing. Uh, parental controls turn things off after a certain amount of time. It's 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 pretty good toy. Um, but um, long story short, she when she knows she has to clean to get something she wants, she does it. But. Only then, usually. That's how they uh, are. unless the brother, who's oh. a bulldozer, is going to come and break something of hers, and then it gets cleaned up. Which that's actually, you know, one of the better things about having, um, you know, a child that uh, is. I mean, he, he, he. It's crazy. Uh, you know, she's five years old, uh, tall for her age, and said to us uh, recently, you know, I want baby Jack, he needs to stop beating me up (laughs) because he just, he just jumps on her like an MMA fighter, like Brazilian (laughs) jiu-jitsu. It's like, I'm like, is he doing an arm bar right now? (laughs) I hope not. I I really hope not. He just, he just, he just wants something. something And he's, he's kind of, he's very persistent. So he'll, You'll tell him now, but he pokes. Yeah. And he, he say no. He, he pokes again twice. And then he'll he'll scream a little bit, he'll grunt, he'll say some words, but he keeps poking. He's persistent. And he's like, listen, it doesn't cost me anything to poke, but I know every time I poke you, you're getting more and <laughs> more missed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh so you know, politics aside, Mitch McConnell, and I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch the video, but, um, you know, it's, it's quite apparent that the man, I think you, you said it best, you know, needs to enjoy life and, you know, what he has left and with his family and, and retire.
0: I mean, there's two things. I think about with this and I think about this a lot, but I don't think about it for him. I think about it for family members. And this is already a serious, serious topic to start with, but, um, <laughs> pride and knowing nothing else is actually what I see happening more. It's like, they, they have a legacy, they're building it up, but he doesn't know how to wind down, how to pause and do something else to turn it off and go into a new role. So like I look at my family and the most successful people that pause, they didn't stop doing what they were doing. They turned it into a teaching. They went to become mentors. They focused not on trying to live a new life of relaxation, but into try to impart their knowledge and history onto their family members and friends and people they wanted to so that they still kept that connection. They still felt like they were contributing, but they were doing it from the best angle they could do now which was 20 hours, 15 hours and focusing on making other people better. I don't agree with his politics. I don't care what about his politics. I want him to be able to do that. And it seems like a great transition out. Like, hey, how do you make the next generation as politically savvy as he was? How do you make them so that they're going to be upstanding and they know how to do that? How do you teach that? And it takes people like him. I don't even agree with him 90% of the time, but he's got a great perspective.
1: You know, politics is something that I've, uh, I followed for a long time, a little bit more, I'd say, than just on the sidelines. You know, I'll watch political, uh, uh, different pundits, podcasts. Now the easy thing is to watch YouTube and it just tells you, you know, hey, based on what we think about you, this is what we think you are from a political perspective, which is awesome. But... um. One of the things that I remember growing up, especially around politics, is that there were kind of like these these uh, handoffs and like, you know, Mitch McConnell himself was that person in the 90s, I think, if I remember my time correctly. Um, There just doesn't seem to be that kind of next generation in the Senate. I,
0: I don't know. I think you might be right, but it's I don't think it's a handoff anymore. It's not a passing of the reins. It's a taking via the next generation just kind of comes up and does the next thing in their way. And because of that, it isn't a transition. It isn't a handoff. It isn't a blah. It is, and I'm guessing here, it's just come and take what you can get. Whatever you can kill, you can eat. And then you get really bad outcomes with
1: that. I mean, we've seen that, you you know, we don't need to talk about our own political leanings. That doesn't really matter. We've, but we've seen it in the uh, over the last, what, eight, six to eight years with um, the Republicans. And before that, the Democrats. Uh, and then, you know, uh, 10 years ago or so with the Tea Party Republicans. Uh, this one feels different, though.
0: What does? What the, feels different?
1: I mean, what feels different about it is that, you know, it didn't. The, those two previous cases, you know, if you if you take the Tea Party Republicans of uh, 12 or so years ago, which, if I remember correctly, Ted Cruz kind of came out of that, and uh, Ron DeSantis came out of that, right? Um, a little bit. It, a little bit. But if you take them, and then you kind of... You know, the result of that is, was much different than the result of the last uh, six to eight years with MAGA, Trump, Republicans. I just just from the amount of kind of things coming to a head. I'm not looking at it from the political side. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of things happening now. It's much different than it was when, even when the Democrats had kind of, you know, their enlightening period with Barack Obama.
0: What if I combined your two thoughts and ask you a question around Mm -hmm. that? Is you, you, you like, you have these transitions that aren't transitions and then you have what exactly what we were talking about with Mitch McConnell Which is, he's getting up there in age, he's obviously having whatever he's having, but why is he not having that, like, hey, my legacy needs to be intact by making sure the next generation has that? And why is that not there? And why isn't he trying? And is he, because he's not trying, that's a signal that it means that he doesn't believe that transition can happen. He's got to just see this all the
1: way through, do another two years. I'm actually not, like, my worry isn't that actually. My worry is that he is trying, and no one's listening, and he 's uh-huh. been trying, and no one's listening and now we're in a we're in an interesting situation <laughs> where you have a whole bunch of people who are who you know maybe or maybe have not have learned the 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 uh, what is it the ropes of the po- the political you know business. They're not listening to the people that have been there and trying to pass it on. I think there's something there. I also think the
0: environment's changed, but I think everybody talks about that. But I'm going to talk about something that I think taking the same ideas. I think the speed creates transition problems. I think the speed of information flow, uh, the speed of everything and the speed of mistakes that everybody gets called out in minutes, this is across the board, and that there's just no opportunity to take any chances with anybody. And because you have to be on point 24 hours a day and the speed of everything just gets compressed and faster. And I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to say, so give me a second. Um, As things are going faster in the world, in work, in politics, in everything, nuance gets lost deliberation is jettisoned it and it degrades to gut reaction feel emotion what you can do and respond in the 15 seconds you have to respond because if you don't respond in 15 seconds the other emotional person's going to do it too and that's and too that's away.
1: the attention window the yes. window of the attention the slice of the uh, of the human on the other side of that you know tiktok video or or whatever soundbite it's going to be
0: yeah I don't think it's good because I'm gonna like I like I'd pull this conversation off into a tangent and hell I'm fucking <laughs> railing against chat applications. I want email back for the love of all that is holy with people that you know asynchronous well, communication that I worked.
1: Have, I mean, I, I have this, you know, I I uh, we we do have we do have a you know for those if we don't know if we're gonna acknowledge the fourth wall or whatever, but. Um, but we do have, you know, segment kind of list we're going to walk through, but this one's been interesting because i I listen to a lot of, uh, audio books in particular science fiction and an interesting thing came up actually in, in the book. And I wanted to kind of, cause this is lines with your field and talk a little bit about who you are and what we're doing with this. But uh, we've been talking about uh, context, content, context length in the, in kind of the, uh, in the purview of talking about AI systems, but yep, um, more and more, you know, uh, attention spans and and just has have been getting smaller and smaller, and and almost uh, you kind of see, you kind of see a point where um your AI algorithms are getting better, better at doing small bits of speech. Do you think we start clipping our speech and clipping our our uh, to 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 make it better for the interface now to understand us? Like, think, do you think communication starts to change because of all this? I think it already has. Text messages. Most people
0: communicate, and I, I can't. How many times have you experienced the if my content is more than two, three lines, the fact that the only the first line
1: is actually being acknowledged and worked with? Well, that's. I mean, that's the the the, the originally started with the length of the SMS message, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, we're in the unique unique generation of probably people that have the last generation of people that have actually used, uh, phones, you know, physical phones, pay phones, <laughs> <laughs> the thing on the wall, <laughs> the rotary dial. Um, and you know, my, my daughter, yes, a few days ago just said, you know, I told her there was a, there was a time where phones, you know, you had to go and use the phone. Like you had to use the refrigerator and it blew her mind when dollars five, it blew her mind. But,
0: but there was something there. This comes back to the speed component we're connecting from the change is, but also if you weren't there to answer the phone, you didn't worry about it because you, nobody was always there. You had to do things. You had to step away because you could break that bond. There was no expectation to always be there. And so people, so people did and, and that changed too, and you see this expectations, climbing of availability from telephones, to pagers, to text messages, to where we are now, where if you're that not...
1: Anxiety of, yeah. am I going to miss the, the message? Am I going to miss the, te- uh, you know, the
0: phone call? Right. Um, and we can eventually get into this, but I mean, most of these things are still not that important. It's just a perception of importance. How many times have you like? Oh, I got to check my text message. but is it really that important? It's probably not.
1: It's probably not only is it probably not, but but does it really matter? You know, if if uh, you know if it takes fifteen minutes more, longer to to acknowledge something, fifteen minutes longer, like like twenty five years ago, you wouldn't have known that answer for two days. Yeah, and and there's
0: like, and, and this is this is we're we're heading into the. There's value in being fast, but there's also be, there's value in being deliberate. And the question I have in this space is, are we losing the ability to be deliberate as a society in a lot of areas, exceptions to be made because speed has been prioritized above all? Eh.
1: You're making decisions faster now. You're, you're, you're not focusing as much on the context of the decisions you're making. And because you have to make them faster, you're, you're making mistakes or, or you're making potentially different decisions. Right. And I'm actually not even saying mistakes. I'm saying different decisions
0: in that if I was presented a problem like yes, no. And I have to answer it in 30 seconds. I'm going to answer with yes, no, if I'm presented with a problem and asked for yes, no, and given a day, I'm probably going to come back with that is a bad question. Why are you giving me yes, no, we need to be talking about X, Y, and Z. And so that we can fix this problem. So we never have to see this again. So that we don't have to be forced into making a yes, no decision tree. And those are the really successful people. The ones that have that time, but I like my kids don't know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, my son is like, I teach him a default to action at all the time, but I can't get him to pause and reflect before answering for a couple hours.
1: But, but a couple hours is, you know, uh, I think, I think, think about, you know, before. We were on this immediate mode of of you know communication across multi forms, right? It, before it was you know it was email, and uh, when you're at work, now it's email. That, then it was email, phone, or actually it was the other way around, phone then email. And now it's Teams, text message, you know, three or four different mediums with the same person the same day. Yep. You and I, you know, kind of uh, have been growing in that uh, corporate work environment for the last. 20 or so years and now your son's going to have to learn that as like growing up. Yeah. Um, and I can
0: literally talk to you, like you call him and he is laughing at you.
1: <laughs> like, why are you wasting time calling me? Just, mean, he, it's, to... it's not that he, it's it's why you like this
0: person. Like, but, okay, but somebody, we're... but when he, when somebody doesn't answer his phone call holy hell what the fuck they're online video games they're playing i know they're there they're not answering i have a a repeat trope about podcasts youtube stations and um if they're talk in conversation between people As soon as they stop drinking on the YouTube channel or on the podcast, they usually are boring. They end up being a little more corporate. They're getting, they're getting money. They have to pander to a larger audience. Um, So that's where Nightcap comes from. Nightcap comes from, what are we drinking tonight? Because we're going to talk about what we're drinking so that you guys always know when we've got enough money that we don't give a shit about this With them, tone everything down. (laughs) When we've been the corporate sellouts. yes, well, um, That's my day job I'm looking for, but that's a whole different issue. But yeah, I'm drinking Laphroaig. Uh, I only drink scotch. So it's going to be a lot of scotch for me. I drink scotch, uh, water. So I got Laphroaig. Cardias. I have no idea how to sell it. It's warehouse number one.
1: Ten-year-old scotch. So I, I'm a quite a different. Uh, drink. I I enjoy a good Scotch. Uh, I really enjoy the Ford. You introduced me to that. Um, but my real love is uh, bourbon whiskey. Um, and someone brought this to my house. I don't know how it got here. Um, but it is again. I've not had this at any point in my life. Even though it's pro- it's definitely not a premium brand. Buffalo Trace. Oh, Buffalo Trace can be
0: a premium brand.
1: The the interesting thing about this is this isn't a normal bottle. It's some kind of memorable, uh, you know, I don't know, bottle that they produced, not a normal one. And I've never had Buffalo Trace, so I figured I'd try it. And the interesting thing about it is my wife actually grew up in the county that this (laughs) is produced in. Nice. So what do you think of it?
0: Good? What's your go-to? I'm
1: going to tell you right now. I haven't had it yet. Oh. I just opened it. Yeah, let's see. Wow, that's a lot smoother than I expected it to be. So, um, most of the time for me, um, these ty- th- 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 this this type of bourbon that at this price point, I mean it's like a forty dollar bottle. It it just doesn't taste good. Like, I mean, it, it it tastes cheap. This oh, one actually is pretty damn like it, it it tastes kind of premium like it's i taste the you know i taste the smokiness of the barrels and it it but it doesn't linger which is what, what you, i hate about so i'm going to ask questions because that's what i
0: yeah. do it's like what is premium what do you mean like um like so like i drink this so to, to like, never it never i think it's a lot for it is like it's costs a lot but it's strong it's in my face. It, you know, you're
1: drinking it's bold. something.
0: Yes. Um, but what do you mean by a premium and a, like a
1: bourbon? Are you looking so for, for me, smooth? Are you looking smooth. for? For me, it's smooth. Like, and, and for me, like when I have a bourbon that is, uh, bottom shelf. Well, it, it it's not memorable. It's just, it's you know, it's like your your bottom shelf vodka. It's you know, you you bought you bought it because you're going to mix with it, right? Buffalo Trace, I'm I probably would not mix this. Okay, would you put it over ice or how do you drink your bourbon? I always drink it neat. Okay, but recently, some of the more expensive ones, uh, you know, the single barrels, and I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying them in actually like a mixed, like a really nice mixed old-fashioned, which is normally I would just get not a great brand because you're just wasting whiskey, but if you get a really nice old-fashioned, especially one that isn't out of a box, like you actually make an old-fashioned, it is so much better with <laughs> It's like night and day.
0: Have you, so this is going, have you ever heard about a Wisconsin old-fashioned?
1: No. It is
0: not a over- it is not okay. Well, so you know what an old fashioned is. Everybody knows what an old fashioned yeah. is. Um, it's got seven up in it. They top with a little, you know, the
1: little end of. Oh no! Nine.
0: They top it with seven up.
1: So it's like a seven on seven, right? It's, it's like a say seven on seven for me. Maybe it's there's another name for it, but it's like a Seagram Seven with uh, Seven Up or, um, or with um, like a ginger ale. So for me, like, uh, pool, Florida, summer, ginger ale, and whiskey.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. It's just to give you an idea. It's whiskey, bitters, grenadine, two ounces of Seven Up. And ice,
1: orange, and cherries for garnish. So. I can't do I, that. I, I can't do so, that. So, you, you know what, what, the interesting thing for me there, it didn't turn me off until I thought about the carbonation. It just. I I could probably, I could, I could probably get behind um, that drink if it didn't, if it wasn't carbonated.
0: So, um, I'm a sugar person. I, I have to, f- it's a constant battle not to eat sugar all the time. I love sweet. I hate sweet drinks. Besides one thing, a pina colada on the beach, while I'm trying to find shade and hide from the sun while my wife's on the beach and I'm hiding because I don't want to be in the sun, but I'm going to drink those until like invite by 1130 in the morning, I am blitzed.
1: It's amazing. Um, That's it when you know you're really on vacation. Yes, because there is no coming back. Eight there's, hours there's later, I'm going no to be no, I'm going to be wrecked. Well, there, you're not only you're going to be wrecked, but like there's probably going to be like a two thirty siesta in your in your future. And oh, yeah. you know you're yeah. going to go to the, you're going to go to the all inclusive uh, restaurant or bar or whatever that you're at if you're on a if you're on a cruise or something. You're gonna get food. You're gonna pa- you're gonna pass out. You're gonna hang over it. Like four o'clock in the afternoon, and you're gonna have you do <laughs> coffee. Is what are you gonna do? I got your packet is all into one trip. I, I, I,
0: so, I'm a little hungover today. I had, uh, I don't drink a lot, but I went out with some friends last night, and some of them I, I think I'm gonna convince to come on the podcast in the future. But, um, about eight scotches in. Wow, I gotta admit, I got that's a lot, eight scotches. I do. I I drink a lot of scotch, but you give me a beer, I'm fucked. But I can have eight scotches over.
1: I never understood that about you. Like I saw it. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, I I just don't know how. You know, you. I've seen you drink scotch and scotch and scotch, and then just have a beer, and it's like, what happened to Jeremy? (laughs) He had a beer. He had a beer. Um. Yeah. And I mean, for me. Um. You know, honestly, for me, I don't drink that much anymore. Um, but a good piña colada on the beach—it's so. Let me ask you a piña colada question. It's almost a no-brainer, but do you prefer the piña colada that is freshly made? Yes, it hands down, every time. Right? Like, there's, there's no, you're not making the mix out of it.
0: No, when, when they, when you see them pour that
1: little that pourer thing with that, you big know, piña colada mix, and I'm like, nope, I don't want that. But let me ask you another question. Do you still drink it if it's there? And there's nothing else. No. So you would you wouldn't even drink at that point. You would you want the you want the quality peanut um, experience? Yes. I am
0: one of the at the last company I was at, what somebody that I really respect was at her house and she was having people over and she goes, Jeremy, you're a little bit bougie. And I go, Oh yes, I am. <laughs> I drink stinky, stinky scotch. I drink nothing else. I, my my drink of choice is Pellegrino. I am bougie. No no ifs ands or buts. Um, and if I don't, I, I don't, I don't have to have the most expensive things. I don't buy things just because they're expensive. But if I like it, that's what I want. If I don't like it, I'm not gonna fucking touch it.
1: But I respect that, right? Because it's yeah. like you know what you like, and you and you just buy what you like, and and you're happy. Yeah. Oh. You're not just you don't get something that. Will make you unhappy Never. because you always want to know what you want. You just you know what if I I work toward I work hard and I get what I like because I work hard yeah. and I respect and what I like. Like I
0: found Scotch twelve years ago. Started off with Macallan, dressed up to Bowmore. Eventually, I found Blaefroyd and Leggett. And 10 11 years later, that's that's the literally I
1: will everywhere I go, I will always have them. I do have to have a slight update. Not as premium as I originally thought. Okay. And and the after very much, it, it has an interesting like medicinal after flavor. I that, know
0: that flavor. That kind I, of I lingering.
1: You know, like you, you, like uh, alcoholic, alcohol-based, uh, it's cough syrup. Yeah. But it coats yeah. and it leaves a little, almost mm. metallic flavor behind it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because um everything you know the the first taste of it was good but that that flavor I I probably I, it'll be a mixing drink or maybe I'll throw it out in, in 6 months <laughs> when no one drinks it um so tell me about Lafroy what you're drinking so i don't know a huge amount about it because i don't
0: study it because i know what i just found what i like so a little bit is like like that story of i started out with scotch i enjoyed it macallan progressed up but that I literally go into places and I go, give me your stinkiest scotch. I want something with a lot of flavor, a lot of upfront. And then when I the flavor's great. So this is a LaFroy. It's a um a smaller batch warehouse car uh caradillas, whatever. I don't know. Um it's one of their specialties. It's a little bit higher proof, about ninety-five percent. Oh, uh, wow. ninety-five proof. Um but it... It tastes great. You know what you're getting. It never, ever disappoints their flavor. Like all their different bottles are slightly different. Um, but they're good. Um, but I, my preference over the years has changed. I like younger scotches. I want between eight and 12 years. I find I, I have a 25 year old Lafroy. It is well, you helped me finish the bottle when you were here. The other, way. <laughs> it, was it great. is <laughs> wonderful. is is wonderful wonderful but it's
1: but it's but that one in particular very much is a you drink it on a special occasion
0: right but even then it's not what i want to drink every day because it doesn't have that flavor it's not even the price it doesn't i want something when i drink
1: i want something that slaps me in the
0: mouth and goes this is what you wanted
1: but yeah i agree i agree and and i and i didn't mean the the price component Mm -hmm. of it i meant the I meant the, the the flavor, like, like when I drink on a regular basis, like, like I'll give you an example, like, we, uh, made margaritas the other day and I went and, and I like Patron. Like it's, to me, that brand is good to drink. I can drink it. If I can drink a shot of it and be fine, then I'm going to definitely put in my margarita. And that is what I buy. It's, it you know, I found ways to get it cheaper over the years, <laughs> but you know, that is a premium brand to me. And, uh, and I, I just, I can't, I can't, uh, use like a, a Jose Cuervo or anything like that because to me, it's just not as good and it's not worth the,
0: the effort. So this actually is going to be something I'm going to do outside of just this, this forum we're talking about. Um, I hosted a drink party and the whole theme of that drink party was, I was bartending was the drinks you already know done right. So, I had a couple drinks. One was the painkiller, and one, which is the non frozen version of a pina colada.
1: Um, Interesting.
0: And every, I ordered a hundred oranges, a hundred limes, a hundred lemons. Every single thing for this party was made by hand and fresh per drink. The single greatest thing I served for people was a real gin and tonic.
1: A real one, like like, did you make your own tonic water? Uh, I used I used a high quality good
0: okay. yep. tonic water, tonic syrup, syrup, and mixed it with the appropriate ratio. Yeah. So, oh, I don't like gin and tonics, and it was amazing, right? I was drinking gin and tonics to the point where I was having trouble, so
1: keeping up. Here's the thing, I am I'm a firm believer that the gin and tonic that most people that we have that we're used to here in the United States that's no, not what the Euro, Europeans and uh English people in particular are talking about right? it's the one you just you just made
0: so i made that at that party and i made pine, i made a bunch of other drinks i ran out of ran out of gin mm. nobody could get enough pillage this is the most refreshing, easy to drink drink I've ever had. And then they would try to stand up four hours later and they couldn't. <laughs>
1: they didn't realize what they were drinking. Well, there's six
0: freaking gin and tonics in.
1: Well, that's the thing is you're being six G in and, and, but you're, 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 it tastes so good. You don't realize that it's not it's, watered down it's, and, and you're making these, these drinks and you're just going one after another, after yeah. another, after another. To me, that's the that's the definition of of a great mixologist. A great drink is and that. I'm not a mixologist. I yeah, just follow yeah. the instructions and buy good products. I'm the same way, right? And I, I think I do that with most of my life, right? Wait, no. I follow the instructions, buy good good source good products, and you know hope for the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I would I I would be comfortable in saying that my. I'm at the point in my life with any alcohol where that that experience that that, you know, that is what I want when I have a drink. Um, I'm not the person that is like, I'm just going to get, you know, the same drink every single night and and get off that way. Right. I drink a lot less, but when I do drink, I drink things like you just described. Yep.
0: Well, I think I'm going to have to host one of those. That's going to be the next one. But I have a feeling we might be in Mexico for our next one.
1: I think that would be an amazing uh, time to host. And we could do a live or semi-live uh, version of this 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 uh, podcast. In, in particular, I f- I'll find it interesting that the particular host of that event will be the one to decide the nightcap. Yes, I think that's a good plan. So,
0: John, anything you want to sign off with? Anything you want to say at the end?
1: I I don't think so. I think we, you know, this is uh, almost two hours we're recording now and, you know, maybe we'll cut it down, but it's been a great, um, I think I've had fun. So I have, (laughs) we'll do it again. And we're good. 10 years, 10 years of
0: talking to you and it's still, still entertaining. I'm glad we get to share it with more people.
1: That's true. You know, I, I, I thought about that a couple of weeks ago and, and, um, you know, I'm at my new, I've been at my new role almost for five years now and I'm like, wow, that long? And I'm talking to you, you know, we're talking about, uh, this and some other things and it's like, wow. And that was, that was probably five years even before that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time,
0: Time flies, flies, man.
1: Cool. Well, All right.
0: Thank you very much, sir. It's been enjoyable. You.
1: Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.